guys, welcome to church. It's announcement time. Okay, these are these are important. You guys need to pay attention. Okay. Okay. Good. Hey, coming up soon, July 9th. It's a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We're having another beach baptism at Baya Honda Beach. Uh, that's a great time. We have some acoustic worship. We do some baptisms. If you'd be interested in getting baptized, uh, contact one of the staff. Uh, you can find us on the app. Uh, you can just show up to and get to see it. It's a great event to be a part of. July 20th, it's a few weeks out, so you have time to get ready. Uh, we're having another jam night. That's uh, where all the musicians and singers can come in and just play and have fun. I'll have chord charts for everybody ready to go. So you'll definitely want to be a part of that. It's a great night uh, for, for any musicians. So join us for that. Also, to write down in your, your your phones, however you keep track of your schedules. Anybody keep track of their schedules with like pen and paper anymore? Maybe some folks. I use my phone. Maybe you're like me. But hey, August 3rd, it's a Wednesday evening. Uh, we have our next family fun night. We'll have our obstacle course and a bunch of the bounce houses and the return of human foosball. So that's August 3rd. Uh, 5.30, we open it up. Food truck will be out there, too, with some hot dogs and, and some coffee so the kids can have even more fun <laughs> like they did last time. Hey! Anyway, those are the announcements. It's about time to get ready for church. You guys ready? Let's do it together. Here we go. Woo! All right. Welcome, those of you joining us online as we get ready to go. Worship was amazing earlier, and so we're glad that you're with us so we can do it all over again. And then I'll be talking about gentleness as we continue on in the fruit of the Spirit. And so get ready for that. Get your Bibles. Get a cup of coffee. Get comfortable. Whatever you need, because here we go. Woo! <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's great to see all your faces and hear your voices. And it's just great to be together. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We are visited today by Pastor Billy and Pastor Angie's son, Josh. He's helping us out on the guitar over there. Yeah. We're having fun. So we're looking forward to doing that with you guys. After worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to Sunday school. And then we'll have our time and the word with Pastor Steve. We are in Fruit of the Spirit Part 9 today. We'll be talking about gentleness. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We're just so thankful that we can be here today, Papa, in your presence. I just keep hearing all morning, today is a good day because you are here. Papa, as we continue to lean into your gentleness, another one of the family traits that you want us to share with you. Would you soften our hearts and ready our ears? Papa, we want to be your kids, showing the world your love for them. So empower us, Papa. Help us to love like you love. 
And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, the unfailing helper and guide of those whom you nurture in your steadfast love. We ask that you would keep us under the protection of that mighty love and give us a continual reverence and love for your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. We're going to see the words pop up on the screen. Sing along. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Holy Spirit, come and rest on us. Fresh filling, fresh filling, fresh filling.
This is my story. 
is at rest Cause I am my Savior I'm happy and blessed yeah. Cause I'm watching and waiting And I'm looking above I'm filled with His goodness And lost in His love This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior This is our song. This is our song. Praising our Savior all the day long. Let the keys hear. This is our story. This is our song. Praising our Savior all the day long, all the day long. Cross, you crucified all my sin and shame. It was washed by your mercy. You are treasure I find. My reason for living, so let my life become an offering to the one who. Oh, my heart. 
hands up, lay my whole life down, my whole life down before you. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down, my whole life down for you. Sing it again. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down, my whole life down before you. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down, my whole life now for you. Come on, everybody. Oh, 
and God, you're so good, you're so good to me. Oh, we love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. You're so good to us, Lord, and we love you. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, Father, to stir up our hearts to you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. Hi, Cole. How are you? Good. I'm so glad. Hello. How are you? Awesome. So, oh, me too. So we have been learning about God's word, right? That's written in the Bible. And every story that we talk about is true because it comes from the Bible, right? Well, the Bible also tells us, right, what God is like, right, and who God is. Well, our story today comes from Genesis 18, and it tells us that God is the judge of the whole world. And a judge, right, helps you decide what's good and not good, right? And you know that God has given us rules to follow, right? And he He is good to judge us when we do wrong, right? When we don't follow those rules. Okay, so our story begins with one day, do you remember Abraham? Yeah? So one day Abraham was old and the Lord appeared to him. Isn't that amazing? And he looked up and he saw three men standing by his tent. And he got up and he welcomed them and he fed them and he gave them water. And then, right, they told them something amazing. They said, even though you are old and your wife is way past the time when they can have a baby, Clint, did you hear that? Babies, right? They told They told Abraham, you will have a son. Isn't that amazing? It was a miracle, right? So as they were getting ready to leave, Abraham followed them. And they looked, they overlooked a city called Sodom. Have you ever heard of that city? Sodom? Yeah, it's very important. So Sodom, right? And then God said, Abraham, I am going to tell you what I plan to do. So the Lord told them, I have heard about this city. The people there are wicked, right? Their sin is very serious. I am going down there to see if what, if how bad they are. Punishment. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to go see how bad they are, but Abraham remembered that he had a cousin that lived there. His name was Lot, right? And he was like, Lord, will you destroy the good people with the evil people, right? What if there's 50 people, good people in the city? Surely you will save the city for the 50 people, right? God, right? 
you are the judge of the earth, Abraham told them, right? And you do what is right, right? And that's the truth. One truth about the Lord, that God is holy. That means no sin can be with God, right? And because he is holy, God is, that's everything that he does is right. So when he is right, right? And he is good when he judges sin, because if he didn't judge sin, God would not be good and God would not be holy, right? And then another thing that Abraham knew about the Lord is that God had great mercy, that he loved people and wanted to have compassion on them and wanted to forgive them. So Abraham went on to ask the Lord, Lord, what if there's only 40 good people? Will you save the city then? What do you think the Lord said? Yes. Yes, I will. And then, yeah. And then Abraham said, okay, what if there's only 20 people? Would you save the city for 20 good people? Yes. Yes. Very good. And then in Genesis 18.32, it tells us that Abraham said, May the Lord not be angry, right? But let me speak just once more. What if only 10 people can be found there, right? Can you show me 10 fingers? Because I can't do it. Yes, 10, right? He answered, and God answered, For the sake of 10 I will not destroy it. So the man went to the city and Abraham went to sleep. When he woke up the next morning, he looked, thank you. That is good. He looked over the city and guess what he saw? What do you think he saw? Raise your hand if you think he saw smoke. Yeah, he saw smoke and the city was gone because God had destroyed it. Right? He did not find 10 people that were good and that followed him, but he did save those few people that did. He took them away from the city. Isn't that nice of God? Yeah. God is good to judge sin, right? Yes. God, right, is the judge of the earth and everything he does is good. It's right. But the good news, guys, is that Jesus took the punishment that our sins, our wrongdoings deserved, right? And if we trust him, we get to be in heaven. We get to be forgiven, right? If we put our trust in him, we have a right relationship with the Lord. Isn't that good? So good. All right. So are you guys... Are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay. Now repeat after me, okay? Genesis 18, 32. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak to speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, For the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Good job, everyone. Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And Pastor Georgina will pray for them and they can uh, head off to Children's Church. Yes, can you give that to her? Right there. Okay, awesome. You guys ready? So guess what we get to do that Abraham got to do? We get to talk to the Lord. Are you ready? Okay, let's go in prayer. One, two, three. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you've always 
taken care of me, right? They've always protected the children, Lord God. I pray that the little ones will know, Lord God, how merciful you are, Lord God, how just and true and holy you are, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job. Have fun. I love watching when the children rush up here for that. And I think, okay, future first responders, boom, the ones that, (laughs) I'm into the fray. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us today. Welcome to those of you joining us online as well. We're glad to have you here. If you're a first-time guest, that code that just popped up on the screen, that QR code is for you. If you point your smart device at that with a camera on, a link will pop into your phone. And if you press on that, it'll take you to our digital connect card. That would ask you for your name and your phone number and your email. We'd love for you to... uh, Fill that out for us, and just so you know, you will get, over the next five or six weeks, a series of texts and emails welcoming you to the church, telling you a little about us, those kind of things. So, uh, also, there's a gift for all of you first-time guests. Back at guest services, if you didn't get one on the way in, find your way back there after we're done, and pick up your first-time gift. We are in a series called Fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to continue that today, talking about gentleness really important, as all of them are. Um, But the fruit of the Spirit being developed in us, these are, you know, we're God's family, and these really are who God is, and as part of His family, we're growing up into these attributes as well. And I like to think of the fruit of the Spirit not so much as something I'm trying to acquire, but the reality is, because Holy Spirit is in me, these fruits are available and should be sort of our first responses to situations. And when they're not, then we are probably a little bit out of step with Holy Spirit. And so we look at that. So if, if they're not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, if that's not kind of what's there, most likely what it means is you're a little out of step with Holy Spirit and you just need to get sort of readjusted. But we need to know what they look like and what they are. So we will talk today about uh, gentleness. Also, at this time, every time we gather, we pray for our neighbors. And, and so... Uh, What I want you to do is, um, you know, obviously I tell you as you're walking through your neighborhoods, as you're driving in, as you're driving out, you see somebody's out, you should be praying for them. Just lift them up to the Lord. And then corporately, we get together and we do that here as well. And so take a moment, just think of one or two of your neighbors, kind of get them in your mind's eye. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways and that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So uh, we're, we're pressing on then into our study on gentleness. But before we do, uh, here's an opportunity for you to work on gentleness immediately as I present to you the bad jokes. Patience, kind of, basically all of the fruit, right here. (laughs) Bigfoot is sometimes confused with Sasquatch. Yeti never complains. (laughs) Then I read about the guy 
who got thrown out of mime school. Might have been something he said. Probably. Probably. Last one. This actually has happened. He got, he got like moans and groans. The neighbor's dog. Nice dog, but sometimes in different situations it just barks and it becomes annoying over time. Bark, 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 bark. And something was going on yesterday. Mars must have barked around a hundred times. But that's just a rough estimate. There's some groans coming at the end. Yes, Did you hear that? Well, they, la- they laughed out of mercy. Please pray and for us and lead us in the reading of the word. It's Let's do it. Needed. Let's do it. Papa, we thank you for this time together. Father, we thank you that as we gather, you are in our midst. You told us we're two or more gathered in your name. There you are as well. And we thank you for your presence here, Papa. As we, as we look into gentleness today, may we be reminded, Father, to be gentle because you are near. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. And this is the Lord speaking to Elijah. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. It's very weird when a lot of people are looking at you when you decide you need a sip of coffee, but I just decided to push through and get the coffee because... And deal with the awkwardness. (laughs) Ah, So today we're going to talk about gentleness. Gentleness. And very interesting thought, I think, for today. Because I would say a lot of people, when they hear that uh, that word now, in our culture, would think that it's way out of date. That gentleness isn't something that matters. Gentle people get walked over, they get pushed around... And culturally, that's just not going to work any longer. And I think maybe we we don't really understand the word gentle and and what's going on here. And, and, uh, you know, in a... In a dictionary definition, which might be adding confusion to that, uh, mild, moderate, soft, delicate. Uh, and so people are like, well, you, you know, you can't be, that's not what it means. But we're taking the word uh, 
gentle and it's being uh, taken from a Greek word which has a little different context and meaning. And in the Greek, the word is actually about strength under control. It's really used for animals, strong animals who are brought under control so that they can be useful. And, and that's more the idea. Um, and, uh, probably another problem is sometimes the word translated there for gentleness is also translated meekness. And uh, that's even harder for some people, the idea of being meek. Well, that can't be. And then they think it's weak. And, and they get all these things going on. And, you know, well, weak people just won't make it, meek people. But that's, that's not what's happening biblically. And that's not what this fruit is. Gentleness is, is power under control. Gentle is, uh, gentleness is one of the most powerful things that Holy Spirit um, produces in us that impacts the world around us for the kingdom. Uh, vocationally, you know, we're, we're connecting with God and our vocation is to go and make a difference on the planet with Him uh, and uh, Great Commission stuff and, you know, uh, witness stuff and all those things. All of that's happening. And gentleness is hugely impacted, which is why I think the enemy has come so hard against it and tried to make us lose sight of what gentle and how powerful gentleness is in the way that we operate on our mission in the world. And so it's not weakness, it's not meekness, it's the idea of strength under control, it's, it's being yielded to Holy Spirit and listening for Him and moving in the directions uh, He gives us. And, and really we can get an idea of what gentle people look like, as we always do by looking at the Scripture. There are two people in the Bible who are described as gentle people, two of them. And uh, you'll, if you may already know this, but if you don't know this, these two people are Moses, one time, Jesus, three times. So those are our examples of gentleness. And you, you ought to look at them and realize right off the bat, well, these are not weak people, and these are not meek people in the way that we might think of weakness, and these are not uh, pushovers. These were the guys, and I love this, these two guys are sort of the, the picture of rescuers. Um, you, you know, uh, Moses uh, is is all about Exodus, right? And I, you know, how much I love the Exodus story, and and we talk about it here all the time. Exodus is this this amazing picture of God uh, rescuing His people from slavery and bondage and bringing them into the promised land. And I love all the stories that go with it. I love how he's with them. And they don't really even know him. And so they've got to learn to trust him. And he's got them in the desert. And he provides everything for them. And he, he takes them at one point to this mountain. And he gives them the ten words. Ten commands is what we call it. But it's the ten words. And these ten words, we've, we've got them all twisted up now. But these, these were the ten words that were spoken to them about how they lived as people who have been freed from slavery and bondage. This is what, a, this is what community as God's people looks like. And summarize, as Jesus did for it, it's love God all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's what he was saying. This is how you're going to live now. And then we got that all messed up into performance things, and we started thinking, well, these are things we have to do in order to be set free and rescued and delivered. And it's not. These are things for people that have already had that. All of that happened because of God's love, which continues to happen. That's the idea of Exodus. And then Jesus comes along, and Jesus is our Exodus. Jesus makes a way for us to be rescued, delivered, set free from slavery and bondage to sin. He comes, lives the life we couldn't live, that perfect sinless life, then willingly goes to the cross on our behalf, uh, and then defeats death and rises again. And in so doing, he takes care of the power of sin and the power of death. And then there's so many similarities, right? Because he goes to a mountain and he speaks. Most of you probably know that little message he gave called the Sermon on the Mount. 
And he's sort of taking, and he's like, you guys have really messed up those ten words <laughs> that you got back there. And you've changed them to something. This is what it meant. You've heard it said, but I say to you. And he gets everybody pointed in the right direction again. This is what it looks like to live as the people of God. Love God. All in. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we talked about that last week when we talked about faithfulness. But these are the ideas, and gentleness is so powerful, as these guys illustrate for us, uh, in having an impact on people's lives. And so we, we need to see what that looks like. And then Jesus, he gives us this great invitation. I love this. He says, listen, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And, and we're going to, in our next series, we're getting, we're gearing up for our next series, which is going to be on spiritual battle, about what's really going on, about everything behind the things that we, we understand. And as, as uh, believers in Christ, we are engaged in a battle. One of the things the enemy has done is tried to not let you even realize how intense the battle is, but it is intense and you experience it. And, and the result of this battle that we're in is that we often feel weary and burdened. It's just all these things hit us. And, and he says, but come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Gentle and humble. It's, those go together. And you will find, I love this, rest for your souls. You're going to find that soul rest that you desire and crave. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He invites us to to walk with him. The idea of being yoked to him. A, a yoke was a wooden bar that they uh, paired up oxen with. And, uh, and, you know, they would share the load. And there was usually a more experienced one with a less experienced one. And they, the, the more experienced one would show the way and all those things. And that's, that's what he's inviting us into. Walk with me. And I'm going to show you how to live this life where your soul is at rest and where you too can, can be gentle and humble. And so this idea of gentleness is important throughout the scripture. We talked about gentleness not all that long ago in our last series when we were looking at Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Uh, you remember, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What's the next one? Let your gentleness be evident to everyone, all. Big deal, right? So... How is that expressed then in our lives? How do we walk out this idea of gentleness? And what does it look like? And, and what can be aware of? Now, um, I want to talk about three things in specific uh, that we need to yield to Holy Spirit, right? He, we want Him to have it. That's what this idea is. It's the strength under control. We're going to yield these areas to Holy Spirit. And so the three that we're going to talk about are personality, words, expectations. Buckle up. First, in our personalities. So are you all with me? Everyone here understands they have a unique personality that God created in you. Uh, he gives you personality. It's part of who he is. And, we have per- and we're different from everybody. And we, we see things differently. And we act differently. And some people are far more uh, first responder-ish. And other people are high back in the back row-ish. All is good. It's just personality stuff. But he, he wants to use your personality uh, in the world around you for the kingdom. And so um, he's working on us, and our part is that we willingly begin to yield our personalities to God's control, to the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to just think of a, a few of Jesus' friends for some ideas about what this looks like and how he uses personalities, and then how he grows us and how he uses personality over time, because sometimes our personalities might 
get in the way of things and, uh, until we really yield them over to the Lord. So uh, three friends that uh, Jesus had that I want to talk about, not his only friends by a long shot, but they show up a lot in the Scripture, John, James, and Peter, those three guys. You'll see them throughout the Scripture. Fascinating. Fascinating. And just know that, I don't know if you know this about those uh, disciples, but when you think about them, you might think of them as, you know, I don't know what age you, I always used to think, oh, they were probably all 30, somewhere in that age. You know, these were most likely teenagers that God uses to change the world. I don't know if you, but you think about where they were and what they were doing, and, you know, they were learning family trade stuff and everything. They're young, so young people, and uh, I think that's really cool, but already, you know, having big personalities and those sort of things. And, and so there's three of them. So let's talk about John and James. I love John and James. I love all these guys, right? So John and James are cool. And there's a story in the scripture, <clears throat> then we'll look at a part of it in just a moment. But uh, they're traveling around, and Jesus sends John and James into Samaria and says, Go and find us somewhere to stay. We're going to be heading that way. And he's not, Jesus isn't real popular at this point in time, uh, and particularly in Samaria. And uh, so John and James go, and basically what they're told is, There's no room for you at the inn. We've heard that story before, right? And John and James are not happy about that. We've got Jesus, he wants to come, and uh, yeah, we don't, we got nowhere, there's nowhere for you to stay, so don't come. And I love what they say when they go back to Jesus. When the disciples, James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, (laughs) do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? Let's rain it down, fire them up, and we don't have to deal with this. They don't want us. <laughs> we'll show them. Okay. Now, that doesn't happen, fortunately, because Jesus is like, yeah, no, you're kind of missing the point here. Could we do that? Well, we probably could. Is that why I came? No. Why did Jesus come? To seek and save that which was lost. These are the, no, no, no. That's not, do you, do you get that that's mission, right? Seek and save that which is lost. You guys have to, we have to remember that too in this world. We're on mission to seek and save that which is lost, just like, because that's how we partner with Jesus. And, and, and we have to be careful that we don't just see lost people and think it would be way easier if you just fired them all up, God. It's not his heart. But I love how, so I love how a couple of things happen here. One, Jesus, Jesus is so cool. He never gives up on his friends ever. That's really good news. And he knows your personality. And I think he gets a kick out of your personalities too. So out of this front, you know what nickname he gives John and James? Sons of Thunder. And I just think he lovingly uses that. From then on, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the name Boanerges, which means Sons of Thunder. And I think, uh, you know, and they kind of, I'm, I'm sure that they get that that wasn't the right response, right? Because Jesus goes, yeah, we're not going to do that. You're missing the point. But later on, whenever he's got a little mission for them, I think if they're sitting around the circle and he's sort of saying, these are the things you guys need to do today, and here's where you're going to go. And, uh, and then he, he's like, hey, uh, sons of thunder, you want to go and get a little lodging for us today? And they're like, okay, I know. we're going to love them, I promise. You know, you know John... When you read about John later on in life, how Jesus never gives up and how he uses personality. You know, John writes first John, you know, John first second John, third John, those are all about love. Go read them sometime. He can't use the word enough. God is love, love is God. Love like this. Lay down your life. Love, 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 love. He's been changed, right? It's not fire him up anymore. Oh, let's just God help us love him. We've got to love him, God. That's what does it. And so he takes personality, yield it, and he uses it. Peter's another one of my favorites, another kind of brash guy. 
And uh, Peter has this thing happen to him where he figures out who Jesus is. God reveals it to him. He, he's, he's like, uh, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And Jesus even says, good job, Peter. You didn't get that on your own. That was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And then right after that, Jesus begins to teach some truth about some hard stuff that's going on. He then begins to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, that uh, he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. How about that? How about telling Jesus... The, the, the word, right? The, the, through him all things were made. With, with, without him nothing that has been... You know, this is Jesus. And there's Peter going, yeah, Jesus, no, that's not how it's going to work. And you think, well, I would never rebuke Jesus. I'd, uh, and yet, why every time we choose sin? This is what we're doing. You're wrong. I'm right. I got this. Boom. But see, Peter, what he's, he's not demonstrating gentleness at all. It's very impulsive and arrogant is, is where he's at. But God never gives up on Peter. And Peter still is kind of arrogantly walking around for a little bit, you know, and at one point, close to the end, he says to Jesus, all these other guys might run, I'll never leave you, ever, ever, no matter what. And remember what Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, tonight, before the rooster crows three times, you'll... You're going to deny me, and he does. And I love this too, after the resurrection. See, Jesus never gives up on his friend. He seeks out, go read it. He seeks out Peter and finds him. And what does he do? He restores him. How? Three times. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, yes, yes. Big story in that too, and I can't get to tonight. But all those things are restored. And then it's Peter that, that God uses when Pentecost happens, within that 50-day period, Peter is changed. And when Pentecost happens and Holy Spirit comes, which is a reversal of the Tower of Babel, which we're going to talk about in our next series. It's going to be very cool. And uh, things are made right. It's Peter who stands up and speaks, and thousands are added to the church. That's where it begins to take off. So cool. Why? God never gives up on his friends, and he uses us over time. I like that story because, I don't know about you, but I haven't always been as gentle as I would like to be. And he never gives up on us. But we keep, we keep pressing in and we yield our personalities to him and that's what matters. Now, this is a tough one. <clears throat> maybe not for you. Maybe it's just for me. In our words. You ever say anything and then the moment it's come out of your mouth, you wish you hadn't said it? Anybody with me? Hmm. I probably didn't need to say that. That's the big reality here. We think all kinds of things, but most of the time, they just don't need to be said. And so pause, breathe, wait. That part, of, part of the whole process in, in surrendering these things to the Holy Spirit is, is you think something, and then you go, but I'm not going to say that right now. Let me just hang on to that for a minute and pray about it. And very rarely is it the thing that needs to be said. What needs to be said is something way different, filtered through Holy Spirit. And it comes off in a whole different way, so it can be received. But you have to really work with that. I was the other day. So in my little neighborhood, I was leaving to go somewhere, and someone was stopped in the road at the stop sign with a vehicle and a trailer and a boat on the trailer. But not off the road even a little bit, like right where you need to be in order to make the turn that you need to make. 
because otherwise you have to go in the lane that's not yours where people could be coming so you can even see. And it was, and, and my thought was, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I even saw the guy. And I can't tell you how badly I wanted to say that out loud. Really? I chose not to say it. I thought it, didn't say it. And then as I just kind of hang back, I realized it didn't need to be said. And, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a perfectly good reason for that. It really wasn't that big of an inconvenience. It was just one of those, every now and again, someone will do something. I'll think, are you kidding me? Like, do you think about anybody else on the planet but yourself? Anybody ever done that? And when you say that, it's only because they're inconveniencing you and you're exactly the same way, probably worse. I digress. Paul, Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Ouch. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who... That's it. That'll, just, that'll just keep you silent. <laughs> It'll filter through everything and all you'll end up being able to say is, uh, Jesus loves you. But you can't say that in a snarky way either. <laughs> Don't say it till you mean it. It can't be that, that southern thing that southern ladies say, well, bless your heart. When you get your heart blessed like that, it just, it mean, you know what it means, right? What an idiot. Are you, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Bless your heart. I got to finish this message, but I'm having fun. Proverbs 15, the soothing tongue is a tree. Tree of life is a big deal in the scripture. Go read about it. The, the right words, the words spoken well, the words yielded to Holy Spirit under his control, the words that need to be spoken, they bring life. But the other way crushes spirits. And that's, we don't want to do that. So we yield our words to Holy Spirit. This great advice from James one nineteen. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become 2,000-year-old advice. How many years will it take for us to get it? We need to yield our expectations to the Lord. Expectations are tricky. Uh, We put expectations on ourselves that we can't even live up to, and then we put expectations on other people, and, and they don't live up to those expectations. And when someone has done that, say they've disappointed you, are you more likely to, in your response, be gentle or judgmental? That's why we got to get this stuff yielded to the Lord. Uh, Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle. Remember when Jesus was saying, come to me and I'll show you what gentle and humble looking. And Paul's saying, look, humble and gentle, be completely bearing with one another in love. That's what we have to head towards. One quick example. It's a five-minute example, but we'll, we'll knock it out. This was about Elijah. It was the scripture reading. I had Alice get if, earlier. And Elijah, there's this cool thing that happens about that reading. So Elijah engages in this huge spiritual battle. And he's victorious. You go read Genesis, First uh, Kings 18 and 19 this week. So you get the whole story because I'm going to just highlight points. But it's basically uh, Elijah and God against 450 false prophets and little G. Baal. All right, and uh, the false prophets. Uh, it, a whole the contest basically is whoever fires up, whoever lights up this offering, that's God. We're going to follow him. People of Israel agree. In Israel, at this point, there's a horrible king and a horrible queen, and it's a big, huge mess. Okay, 
So, false prophets have a go. They spend all day. They cut themselves. They're, they're, they're groaning. They're doing all the things that false prophets do, and nothing ever happens. And Elijah's kind of poking them from time to time. Is he asleep? What's going on with your God? And then Elijah takes his turn, and he rebuilds some stuff, and he brings in the offering. And, and then before he asks God, he actually floods the thing with water. He says, God, show them who you are, and everything catches on fire. And, and the people realize that God is God. And Elijah says, get rid of the false prophets, and they do. And all kinds of things are happening. There's, you know, it's, uh, they haven't had rain forever, droughts ending, all kinds of stuff. The king, evil king, runs back to tell evil queen... And Elijah is chasing, and there's something that happens here. Is when, oftentimes when you are engaged in spiritual battle and you are successful, right afterwards you're very vulnerable. The enemy knows that, and he'll go after you. You've stood, you've stood, you've stood, you've seen victory, and then, boom, you get a little vulnerable, and you, get, you might get arrogant, like we saw with Peter. You might get, um, with Elijah's case, he gets fearful, because he goes running back. The king tells the queen, and the queen looks at Elijah after this huge thing has happened, and says... You'll be dead by tomorrow. One of us will be. And uh, he runs off. He can't deal with it. He's just had too much. So he goes running off, and God says, look, go to the cave. And so he goes to the cave, and, and uh, he's been sent to the cave. And I have this thought once he gets to the cave, and, and he's been taken care of along the way. Maybe he's wondering, wow, that's not good, waiting. I was trying to think of things to you know, compare it to. It's like um, some of you, when you were kids, you got called to the principal's office or sent more like sent to the principal's office. Or how about this? This used to happen with me. I don't know about you, but uh, I would mess up during the day, and rather than deal with it, my mom would say, go to your room and wait till your father comes home. And that was worth, no, mom, please just beat me now. Please. <laughs> don't make me wait all day. <laughs> whatever you got. I'll beat it. I, I, whatever. Anyway. I wonder if Elijah's feeling like that and he's had this big thing and now he's, mm, and he goes to the cave and he's waiting and then this amazing thing happens and I love this. Let me just jump through this real quick. Here we go, here we go. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before. The Lord wasn't in the wind. Like a hurricane comes, not in a big powerful thing, right? And Elijah's in the cave. And the wind, there was an earthquake after the wind. The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. Uh, after the earthquake came a fire and the Lord wasn't... And then the, after the fire came a gentle whisper. Elijah. And when Elijah hears it, he pulls his cloak over his face, goes out and stands at the mouth of the cave, and a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And, and, and you need to know, see, God's not done with us. God's not a pun. He's not punishing us. He's, he's always encouraging us and moving us forward. And he was just meeting Elijah here and letting him know, look, Elijah, you're not alone and I love you. It's like the, the prodigal son thing. And, and sometimes when we are sort of out of step and when we're not feeling right, the cave isn't the punishment. It's like, go, Take a breath. Catch your breath. Reconnect. Get back in step. I love you. We got lots to do. You're not, I'm not done with you. Eh, you might not have done that as good as you could have, but that's okay. Get back in step and let's go. And, and that's what this looks like. That's this idea of gentleness as we move forward. God, he still loves us. He's still for us. Here's, here's the last thing I want to say. Gentle people, gentle people have been transformed by the surprising message of God's grace, and they delight, they delight, they delight in showing that grace to others. 
that's where he wants us. That's where we have an impact. Okay, all those kids are waiting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wind it down. Ministry team! Those people on the way over there, they're here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me say this. All of this starts by knowing Jesus. Holy Spirit uh, filled lives come from knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And He's done everything. I even talked about it there, what He did at the cross for us in defeating death. We believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that, today's your day. Perfect, perfect day to do that. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? That changes everything. May the gentleness of the Lord be with you all this week as you live your daily lives. Amen. Amen. And amen. Very good. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for your generosity, church. Awesome. We love partnering with you. We had this. We got this in the food truck yesterday up to the Rotary Park and Marathon. They've got lots of volunteers redoing it. And we went, because you guys are generous, we went and gave all those volunteers breakfast and coffee. So thank you. Very cool. Uh, Huh? Well, Fran did, yeah, but uh, (laughs) vicariously, we all did. Here we go. (sighs) Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayers over there. These doors will be open for you uh, so you can head out that way. Have a great day. It looks kind of overcast still, but maybe you can still catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. He loves to give weather reports, and I'm like, you know, the weather's the same here all the time. Okay, so next week, (laughs) self-control, and then after that, we're starting to head into that new series. I'm very excited about on this on the battle. We're going to call it the fight. So get ready, and uh, but that's all I got today. He's got more. Trust me. Love y'all. Bye.